What's up, listeners? This is the DM Elijah and showrunner Jake, and we have episode seven of Next on the Initiative for everyone today. Yeah, before today's big session, the end of part one, the small heads up. You know that we occasionally forget to announce our dice rolls, but we're getting better at that as the sessions go on. We use Roll20 to play D&D sometimes, so occasionally we'll talk about the map, the tokens, the monsters, or the character placement on the computer screens. And a quick update for the podcast. Today's episode is the end of part one for this campaign. So after this episode, we're going to be taking a month break. But uh, don't get too worried. We're already working on more episodes, so just stay tuned. That's good to hear. Thank you so much for listening, by the way, everyone. It means a lot to us. Yeah, special shout out to the Patreon users, Justin, Neil, and Sanaya. The support you gave to us on Patreon means a lot. Seven episodes in, man, and it's been a lot of hard work. So all the people listening and our patrons on Patreon, your support means a lot to us. Another little update. We got the old man who came back. Uh, He showed up last night. Oh, snap. Yeah. Dude, the, the old man is back? The old man is back. Just showed up at the tower the other night. Uh, came in smelling like hot sunshine and sulfur. Oh, really? Good thing he showed up too. Yeah, I'm getting tired of that freaking parrot. You think a magical bird would have means of self uh, sustaining itself, but no. Oh, so wait, I thought you guys were becoming like best friends. Oh, I'm cool with the old man. I'm not cool with the parrot. No, I, I mean, I always thought you were like a bird person. I always thought you liked birds. Birds. This bird was saying infernal things to me. <laughs> What, was he, like, whispering ominous messages of doom while you were sleeping or something? Yes, in languages I couldn't understand. <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's, it's, I'm glad the old man's back, but uh, you think you can go get him to, like, read the intro for this episode? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he, I can, uh, he's, he's here, I'll go get him. Yeah, at least he doesn't, he didn't give you a letter that, like, painfully transforms your voice this time. <laughs> trek through the plane of fire it is good to rest my bones here at the tower and so much has happened leaving me with a few scorch marks here and there <laughs> uh, but that's a tale for another day last time we left off the ongoing demon chaos ensures everyone tries to stick to the plan and they split up some go into more menacing areas of the prison to obtain personal goods, with the others making headway gathering supplies and other means of escape. With so much panic and chaos, there's no clue who'll end up alive after all this is done. I'm on pins and needles trying to see what goes down this week with the breakout. Inoki, you hear from behind you the side, like one of the doors open, you turn thinking it might be one of the guards, and it's just a grunt breathing heavily. Um, I turn around, nice smile, and then um, I immediately shoot Rabbitor's force at them. Uh, I hide under the table. <laughs> you run <laughs> under the table, but you see this, you just correct, uh, uh, surrounded by this uh, fungi spore. I need you to give me a con play. <laughs> Alrighty. I rolled a, a nat 20. Plus one. <laughs> I should also mention, I'm not going to say much further on it, but the rolls isn't so you read it or not, you connect. Oh, it's for whether or not I connect? No, it's not for yeah. that. Yeah, I figured it was like, if I do it wrong, then I like cough or something. 
I, I'm like, hey, hey, it's okay, it's okay, We're, it's it's your friends. Where's okay. it? Where, where's everyone else? There is a Quagoth fighting them and people shooting, putting people to sleep. Quick, do you know any healing spells? Anything you can help to heal? Bupito's been hurt. No. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna go to uh, back to uh, Jack. You wake up, you are no longer unconscious, but you are prone on the ground. And next to you is Shushar, who you just jostled. K-R-A-V operational. Oh, are we, are we are out of combat, correct? You are not. <laughs> I'm in danger. So let's see here. What all do we have to deal with? You still have one Quag off uh, in front of you and the drow who seems to be taking pot shots when he gets the opportunity. I want to move just an attempt to finish off that drought or I'm sorry Quagoth okay how are you doing so are you just attacking with fist bare hands yeah bare hands give me an attack roll unnatural 20 give me damage two points of bludgeoning with that one punch you kind of see his knees wobble and blood spill from his mouth he is looking pretty hurt that's my turn okay next is the Quagoth in front of you he is going to take, he is now like seeing his situation get worse and just starts yelling and crying out and he begins to roar and hit the fur on his, uh, you see his fur begin to like bristle and point, in it, point out. And he's going to go into a wounded fury and make three attacks on you, Jack. Does a nine hit? No. That's a natural one. And a natural 20. Yeah. So like he just puts all of his effort into this next swing. Oh wow. I'm sorry on this, Jack. <laughs> like our last ditch attempt swing, he hits you right in the chest with all his force. And deals 24 points of bl- uh, bludgeoning damage. Are you dead? It's like I shouldn't even have joined today's session. <laughs> <laughs> Are you unconscious? Yet again. What is your maximum hit points? Uh, 24. Okay, so you, yeah, you just like feel the insides kind of crack, and you uh, you just fall onto the ground. Yeah, in my turn. Next is Seraph, who sees you fall and curses. <laughs> like I'm not letting this test fail, and he rushes over and starts grappling with the crack off. Natural twenty on Seraph's side, and Seraph is going to use the last of that and just force the crack off off the side. You see the Kragoff fall into the water, emerge, and looks around and starts screaming. And what he's screaming about is... The faceless one! (laughs) As you see coming from the edge of the water, uh, Ooze just slowly making his way towards the Kragoff. We're gonna leave it towards that. Uh, Aruna is now your go. You all are technically now out of initiative. But Jack is now down. What baseless Okay. Um I <laughs> I turn around, I look at the guard and see what he's doing. He is no longer up there. Oh, okay. Sweet. So I go to Krog and see what I can do to him. If you don't have any medical I mean if you don't have any medical items, you can use a medicine check to try to stabilize him. Okay, I will. Could you do like some kind of uh, tinkering, like 
like robot skills. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because right. So I I rolled a fourteen on a medical check. You're currently at zero, but you're not making death save. And the other's kind. Is he conscious? He is not. I'm going to roll a D4 and see if when he can become unconscious uh, again. You see, uh, Zuvar, everyone sees Zuvar kind of like do a quick patchwork and just like bandage up the wounds that he's taken. And you see Eldith and Shushar immediately like try to go towards uh, the Warforge friend and they look at everyone saying, Are we attempting to keep him with us? Are we doing this? Only if we could stabilize him somehow and get him on his feet. Right now, we're just lunkering, we're just carrying an unconscious robot with us. This is going to slow us down. Roll his ass into the sea and keep it pushing. No, come on, we got you. <laughs> so, Zuvar, you're the only one out here at this moment. Uh, you have Eldith, Jushar, and Seth, just Seraph and Jim Jar looking at you, trying to, like, waiting for this decision. Mm hmm. It's like, uh,. Uh, this one's tricky. I say we drag him until we we regroup with others, and if nobody is of help, um, especially those with some magical capabilities, then we we leave him behind and we uh, make win. Okay. So you all start dragging him along, and you meet up with uh, Ed and Enoki in this area. Jim, not Jim Jones. Jim Jones not helping. You see him just kind of like in the background, looking like, "Wow, you guys are impressive." And at some point during the fray, Topsy and Turvey have just disappeared. That's unfortunate. Um, when you guys, when you guys turn to the tower, you see uh, Shushar, Berendil, and Elder all collectively holding up this Warforge, dragging them behind you all. And they're just putting all their effort into that. I immediately shoot out Rapporteur Spores at everybody again. Uh, okay, Constitution save throws. I fail. Let's see, I fail bad. Three. Mm. I get to write that down. Everyone's connected. All right. I quickly bring him up to speed. I tell him Lupita's been hurt, but he's doing fine. Tell him where our weapons are, where the lift. Tell him that we should hold head there. I tell him about the lift being like probably going to need to take two turns, but. I mentioned to the, I mentioned to them as I see Harv in really bad shape. If we get our weapons, I can cure wounds and help those who need help. Oh, we we should also check out the bags again in the main hall. We should try to uh, gather supplies for the trip forward. If we can grab some rations there in this chaos, that would help us stay uh stay on the path or something. If we move together as a group and look in rooms quickly and strategically we can probably get out as much as we can but also keep moving jim jar just shakes his head to that not that number it's not that we're not going to be strong in numbers but us larger moving as a large group is a target to both the drow and whatever the hell flying out here we might have to split it up for both parts and meet up on the lift it's not far from the lift i i tell you now everyone who Pose a threat has seemingly been taken out. They have their hands full. Where we come from, in near the lift, it is becoming very bloody. So we need to move now. And I already start to like, you know, move away from the tower and just say, we can talk on the way. Let's go. Let's go. Lupito at Lupito kind of looks at Jim Jar and looks at you and just kind of sighs and says, both of you are on the same point. But I might have to agree with uh, 
gym jar here. I, I can't see us moving efficiently as a large group and not having to worry about everyone's attention. Alright, fair enough. Fine. People who are strong enough without weapons can stick together while those with who aren't can grab their weapons and be more useful Injured. in a support role. Injured should hide near elevator. They look at everyone kind of just like takes a look at Krob. Biden's like, so we, we keep, we're keeping, we're doing this, right? We're taking him with us. I mean, if, if I can heal him, he could be useful. Right. Uh, all right. Too sure. There and there. We're going to the lift and we'll just, we'll keep guard there and try to stay quiet and hopefully you guys can make it back. Someone should check the barracks in the main hall to try to get a few more supplies while the main group get our stuff from the, uh, from the quarters. All right. So it's up to you all to decide who goes where. Party one will be uh, the people just watching the lift. And right now that's Shushar, Derendil, Eldith, and Croft. So um, it wants to help hide Croft and then join up with folks. I figure I can use my stealth to like help him be hidden while he's out. He's a large warforge, but I like I will I will make I I will allow the attempt. <laughs> but he's also unconscious. We could even hide him in here and then come back for him when we're ready to heal him. We might not have time. We should move him closer to like the where lift. we are. Yeah. <laughs> he is unconscious. He's a good camouflage for a dead body. Like you, we could just lay him on the ground yeah it might be that nobody will bother him yeah yeah so let's let's bring him closer and then split up okay you all as a large group uh move towards the area and you all meet up here towards the lift and place him down at that moment you just see one of the drow pop out sword ready armor equipped like i'm here let's do it i'm not late let's go Sees the demons flying, understands why the horns are going off, and then just sees everyone in front of him, like this entire group of prisoners. He just stops for one moment, and there's an awkward silence. As you just see him kind of like put the blade down and just walk away. Like you just see him start backing up, and it's up to you all what to do, but he is, he, he is aware that this is not his fight. I'm okay with just letting him run away. Yeah, honestly, me too. He, just put, he puts his blade down, and you see him run towards the southern tower. Alright. People who need weapons come with me, and I start going towards the weapon storage area. Wait, if you're looking for your arcane focus, I think it should be in the quarters because it's magical and it's special, isn't it? Oh, I stop and I'm like, oh, you know where it is? Lead me, lead me there. Yes, we're actually closer to that than we are to the barracks, so... I, I lead him to the shrine and uh, go for the ladder, uh, but I want to do that stealthily, and I ask Inoki to also be stealthy. I say, no problem. I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be a little tall not to see a six-foot mushroom, but I will do my best. <laughs> Try your best. <laughs> oh, you didn't see the self-roll of the <laughs> So I got Jake's and Arun heading to the quarters. Peter speaks up and says, I will check the barracks once more. I can use some medical assistance and I can probably find something for our warforge there. I don't want to go alone though, if someone can help me. And he looks over at uh, Seraph and he just kind of grunts and says, I'll, I'll join the Daryl. Alright, I tell Stool, stick with the, the little one, it, and if you need to, don't be scared to use your spores like me. 
he kind of in the magnificent eyes wide and just nods like he's you see a little bit more bravado in him as this is going on yeah i i say don't worry if one of us gets hurt we can sense it i will run to you we all help each other yeah the stress spores and i like give him a little fist bump he he does so Aww. And suddenly, a magical light appears around both of you as fungus grows around. <laughs> yeah, going towards the barracks is Bopito and Seraph. Um, in it is going, stool is going to follow you. So where are you going? Okay, so first, uh, I think well, it has a really important object that would be considered magical. Yeah, what does it look like again? Um, you know it to be a hollowed out like fruit gourd. With these in like ruins carved into them, uh, describing your uh, your tribe's history. Okay, so um, can I just kind of put that image in uh, the folks going to that room's mind so they can look for it? So it works up to thirty feet. So if we're thirty feet, you just tell me. Okay. Yeah, you guys are still next to each other, so you get the you get the exact image she's trying to project on. Got it. And just say, I need this to live. You kind of also get the emotional, like, transmission of the importance of this. Yeah. Understood. And I'm like, take care of school. I'm going to help. You said Bupito is staying behind to search the local area? Bupito and Seraph. Okay. Um, well, for, I guess I want to make a self-check first to make to get Krav pretty well hidden. Or at least blend him in so that any... Um, Give me a spell full, and I would say at advantage as the others kind of like help you weaken and burn these this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. You can put another dead body on top of his body. Well, I can't. I'm not that strong. Okay. It's either a 9 or a 21. Ooh, I wonder which one. <laughs> <laughs> so, you all have the assistance. You all work together, and you guys kind of make it look like he's not, he's not a threat. It was pretty easy, like, at first you slumped him next to the lift and his body just tilts over. And you guys kind of just, like, go over to one of the other bodies, put a little blood on him here and there, and, like, twist his arm back to make it look angled. Can we give him sunglasses? You guys give him the makeshift sunglasses with this stuckwood finish. Nice. And he's just kind of, like, family guy tossed over on the side of the lift. <laughs> cool. Looks like if you if you didn't know you did it, you would have came across and thought Croft was dead. Cool. All right. <laughs> yeah, and now I want to go in and search the barracks. Okay. Jim Jar is going to join you two, uh, Jake's and Arun. Let me get these written down real quick. So either you or um, Arun, one of you roll a d20 and ask Dex mod. Same for you, Maya. We're going to see who would do first. Just the decks, you said? Rolled on that 20. Nine? Well, okay then. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna work with you two for now. Okay. Um, you guys enter, and and the first thing you see is the soul, is the great statue of uh, Loth standing in front of you. There's no one currently praying next to it, and you know to uh, get to get a uh, get to it you gotta go past the shrine towards the ladder here as you get as you walk closer to the uh shrine go ahead and give me a perception check okay um uh, let's see 17 i rolled a nine 
So you you walk past and you look up and you see a beautiful glint coming off the statue, and you notice that each of his eyes are these beautiful like ruby uh these black beautiful polished rubies that you can probably grab if you want eight total. Does my investigation reveal them being like possible trap or just easy jewels to take? Uh. With the perception you saw, you look like you can see that they are attached to the statue. Doesn't seem like anything's connected to the statue in response. But with that same check, you notice something moving in the background next to the uh to this area right here. A quick little flash of movement. Okay, I since I am still te- telepathically linked, I say I think I see something near the statue. Be on guard. But let's move quick to get the weapons. Okay. You guys start making your way over, and then you turn, and you see Jim start. Jim Jar kind of mesmerized by the jewels, and he kind of smiles at you all. <laughs> and starts leaping up to try to pop the one off, and starts pocketing them into his pocket. A room. In this moment, you feel inside like your tunic kind of nay pops up and starts acting violently towards. Uh, what was the last part? Sorry. Uh, you, as he is doing this, popping the eyes off the lost statue, you kind of feel, you, you feel, you notice two things. You kind of feel like a weird, unsettling feeling in your chest um, when this happens, and you notice that your spider, Nay, is starting to respond violently towards it. Oh. As Jim Char is taking, like, the like another gym, you see something from behind the cushions mm-hmm. lunge at him. Oh. I, I just watch, because... I don't want to shout and give our possessions away. You get telepath. Yeah, no. So, do you t- do you tell me like? Oh uh, yeah, I'll tell Inoki that that something bad's gonna go down and this doesn't seem right at all. And you're giving that thought. You both watch Jim Jar get attacked by this giant spider that seems to be hiding. Didn't seem like it was going to move first and it was uh, reclusive, but something about the actions Jim Jar did caused it to attack and is now tearing into him. Let me go ahead and get the spider stats to see his, uh, the damage on this. I cover uh, the little spider's eyes. He, the little tiny spider is trying to break out of your like hold and join in on attacking Jim Jar. Just, just stay back little one. You're, the big spider's got him. It's gonna be fine. Do you keep, do you keep trying to stop a tiny spider? I, while while this is going on, I move towards the weapons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh my. Um. Okay, let me finish the damage roll real quick. <laughs> right. I I don't keep him from going. By the way, like if he really wants to go, I'll let him go. Here, I I give him a piece of like a vial of poison. I'd say you try to throw that at the spider, but we can't do much against it on our own. You see Jim Jar open his mouth to scream, but is immediately bit in the neck by the spider, and with the force is taken off and behind the cushions, and you see his leg twitching and stops moving. Then you see the spider reach up and begins grabbing him. Mm. Oh my yeah. god! You let him die! We move slowly towards the yeah. weapons. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna move you guys over to this section now. I didn't expect that, but as you immediately jump down, drop down and see this very fancy laid out bed in front of you. On it is two drow still putting on equipment and you turn to see 
Shore and Ivar staring at you. No questions asked. They immediately lunge towards the bed and Ivar grabs her uh, rod. I need the two of you to roll initiative. Okay. Do we say perhaps have the element of surprise? You do in the sense that they are still trying to get ready. If you want to try to take one action right now. Yeah, I immediately um, use pacifying spores. Describe to that. Describe to me what that does again. Sure. Um, I can inject spores at a creature um, within five feet of of me, and the target must succeed on a DC 11 con saving throw or be stunned for one minute. All right. Alright, um, next, the only one next to you at the moment is Ivar, so I'm gonna go ahead and do con for her. Oh, she immediately, like, grabs the rod and it becomes this tentacle whip to, she releases and just drops it and falls limp back on the bed, eyes wide, looking at Shore, who was like, my, my queen, no, and runs to attack it. Uh, Arun, you still have a chance for attack of opportunity. And I... I quickly shout at his brain, use the vial. Oh yeah, uh, do I, I just throw it at him, right? Yeah, just go ahead and give me an attack roll. If it hits, I would say like it cuts him and then he has to make a save. Okay, let's say 14 plus my dex. Yes. Uh, two, so that's 16 to hit. Wow, that just barely hits. Go ahead and give me 1d6 damage. Well, 1d4 and then another d4 for the glass and as you hit him with it, he kind of like stumbles, glares at you, and drops in front of uh, Ivar, whose eyes is widening as she just stays stuck, can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you have one minute of freedom. Go. Right. So, I'm, I immediately say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And like, I coat. Co- the weapon I have is the dagger with the amazing poison and stab Ivara so she can't get back up. You give me an attack at advantage. Okay. Uh, does a 10? Just 10. Mm-hmm. Um, plus what? What would I do for that since I have a dagger? It would be your dexterity and if you're proficient, add your uh, proficiency modifier. Okay. So 15 in total. Nice. 15. It you hit and she's not moving but her cloth on her is pretty wide so you mistake it for a part of her body and end up hitting the bed next to her. <laughs> oh no i'm like oh god oh god you know what oh god we're, we're, we're... she's just sitting there like she's glaring in fear and anger here i i say here we have to take her out too we can't risk failing and as a, as i shout at arun's character here while you I, i'll look for the weapons um so, what is happening? Uh, I just want to know. We, I am trying to encourage Arun's character to kill her. I, as I'm like, panicking that like, we're we're doing well, but like knowing that we're pr- pressing our luck. All right. Okay. So we're going to do this in a one-minute run with ten rounds going straight down. Okay. So Arun, <laughs> you first go ahead and do what you want to do, and then Jake's on your turn. Give me investigation check. Okay. Okay. So in for my turn, I'm going to go to Iwara and uh, take the dagger that it uh, coated her poison on, and I'm not gonna kill her. I'm just gonna stab it on her leg. It's just enough to you know paralyze her or yeah make her unconscious, but I'm not going for a kill. Okay. Okay, give me an attack roll at advantage. Four, four, that's 16 to hit. 16, okay. 
go ahead and add what's your proficiency if you have it so go ahead and do the damage but it's now critical including your sneak attack oh <laughs> <laughs> she didn't see you coming Okay, uh, my dagger damage is 1d. You got a killer. 2d4, and I need 2d6 for the sneak. Oh no, okay, so that's 5 plus 2d6. That's 2. I'm going to roll for the poison. She got a nat 20 on it, but as you stab her in the leg and you, you kind of see her respond to it, you watch this weird green blotch kind of form on her arm. Okay. I... I got an 18 on my investigation roll. Okay. So you begin searching all over. Um, first thing you find on the table over to the right is you see a small mirror that has a silver frame on it. You also see a little shrine designed to loft that has similar gems to the uh, item above, uh, to the shrine up top, just smaller. Yeah, I'm not touching that. <laughs> not, not even because of what happened. Definitely that. But also because I'm focused on more important things. Okay. Then, um, with that same check, you look and you see the chest to your left and you can tell it's locked. Okay. Uh, second time, second turn, Evar has just stuck. She is helpless for this minute of attack. So is it, um, is it a rune turn again? Yes, I just want to know if everyone will try to do anything towards Evar. No, I'm just going to go ahead and investigate. You should try to open the chest through. Okay, give me an investigation check. That would be 8 plus 5, that's a 13. Okay, you start searching around the bed and look underneath and you see a couple of uh, small bags. And if you go inside, you find each of them has about 15 gold. There's three bags. Okay, I pocket the three bags. Um, while you're on the ground searching, you also notice that the rod that she had is no longer in a hand and is just lying on the ground. Okay, I take that away too. Jake's? Alright, so I'm gonna try to open the chest. It is currently locked, but you can try to pick it if you like. Or let me know. Do you have do you have lock picking tools? Um well I mean would I since I was a prisoner? Yeah. Uh you wouldn't, but if you wanna try to jam the dagger in there for a disadvantage lock pick you can. Um okay but wait, I think I heard Rune's character say he, he can do something, so I look over and I wipe away some tears in my eye and I'm like, can you, uh, do you know how to pick locks? Tears? Yeah, I freed you from the manacles, remember? Yeah, here, um, if you want, take a look at the, oh, ooh, she might have a key, actually. Let me take a quick look. Investigation check at advantage as you just loot this poor woman's body as she unable to resist. Ooh, nice. That second advantage helped. <laughs> 17 to loot this poor woman who tortures my kind and my friends and denies us food and has not much sympathy from me considering she was about to kill me when she saw me. <laughs> you, uh... You search and you remove, uh, you actually look in the inside of her pocket, uh, a hidden pocket in her belt, and you find a key. I, I shout, Savara, here, and I throw him the key. I open the chest. As you open it, you see on the front of the chest that there's this little poison needle to, uh, connected to the lock, and you notice with the turn of the key that it disabled it. Any other attempts might have had this launch out towards the person. Oh my god. 
Okay. Inside, you find your stuff. Any type, any type of spell books, components, focus, magical items, or personal artifacts that are close to you will be inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I am going to look for my coin, a an arcane focus, and whatever uh, tablet that it kind of visualized in her mind that I was able to see. You find the gourd and you search a little bit further into the and find a coin. You also inside the chest find a, a silver chain hairdress uh, with small onyx stones, a draw bag, and inside has two potions of healing, and then another small pouch with 24 gold pieces, 30 silver pieces, and a small moonstone uh, jewel. I'm gonna take all of the money and the jewel, and I am going to take the focus and sort of roll it towards Inoki. Uh, I'm gonna take its belongings and my coin, and I think that's all. I'm gonna leave the rest there because too much weight could be a problem. There was also the jewel bag and the potions of healing as well. Oh, oh, the potions of healing, yes. Sorry. I asked him, do you see any of, of my jars? I should have had some jars on me. Uh, yes, one of the items that you grab is a small, like, lab sack, small uh, knapsack inside to specially contain all these small jars. Okay, yeah, I show it to Noki. Is, is this the one that you're talking about? Okay. I just quickly, like, look at my focus and I'm like, yes, I have my music back. And I look at him, I'm like, you don't know what it's like. I'm not a fighter, man. This is too much, and like I'm trying to wipe away some tears. And I look at the body, and like that, I, I guess I'm almost gonna die, and that's why I asked for one of the jars. I feed her one of the hallucinations pores, and I'm like, I really hope this helps your suffering. She just eye was wide, and you see immediately her eyes glaze, kind of like she just goes still looking up at the ceiling. I hope it's a nice hallucination, Jesus. I mean, I'm gonna say that's dependent on the person's <laughs> trip, you know? <laughs> it's all part of the ride. Okay, we're gonna now cut to do 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 the other group, because y'all just did that. It, Gupito, Stool, and Seraph starts going through one by one. Um, well, how do you guys want to do this? How do you want to search through? Um, just immediately, do, does it sound like there's anybody around? Uh, if you go, if you give a perception check per, per door, I can, but a general perception, like a passive perception will let you know there's no one in the immediate area. If you want to try to find more, like if they're behind the door or not, you have to check. I guess just randomly. I, I go to whichever, whichever the barracks seem the nicest. You open it up, and that's the room where the drow just left. It's kind of a bit shabble right now, despite cleaning earlier. People seem to have rushed out of it in a hurry. You can go ahead and give me an investigation check at advantage as you have Pupito and Sarah help. Okay. It's either an 18. Yeah, it's an 18. And um, I want to point out that I'm specifically looking for one of those little spider whistles too, as well as other stuff. All right. So you guys search and you begin, you start finding weapons for each of the people. You start finding armor that seems like it would, uh, if you had it going in, it will fit you here. As such, Seraph and Lupito kind of just starts putting a bit of it on now. Okay, so we're finding all of our, like, normal equipment? Mm-hmm. And then you go through the drawers, and you're searching, and you look under one of the pillows, and you find this small wooden whistle. Awesome. 
Alright, I definitely take that. And then, I guess, if we're done with this room, and it's still my turn to play, then we'll try the other room as well. You see in the back a drow who just put finished putting his own armor on, and he has this gruff look like, damn it all, damn it all, and sees you, Sev, and Bupito, and then locks eyes with Sev and says, of course you will be the traitor. We've been watching you this whole time. And he charges to attack. Okay. Um, do we roll initiative? Um, I, I, you can. I thought, I figured you guys usually have like a thing you want to do response real quick. But yes, roll initiative. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I guess my first thing you're going to do as he runs into attack is hide. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a stealth roll and then initiative. Okay. Twenty-four. You are hidden. Initiative is fourteen. You might be moving a bit slower. <laughs> okay. Let me roll with Seth and Bukito. Seventeen. All right. So first is the drow who saw the grunge and just disappeared. He he doesn't seem to actually be too focused on that. As he glares at Seth, the drow is just gonna come and lunge with anger towards Seth, taking two short sword attacks. Eesh. So one with a natural 20 and a non-natural 19. Both are going to hit Surf. Good thing he just put armor on. Oh man, damn. Um, So you see him take two swings and just cut across Sev's chest. And Sev just kind of crumples on holding his chest and falls to the ground. He is now unconscious and it is that's his turn. Next is Bupito who runs around behind the drow and tries to took a swipe at his ankle. Natural 20 on Pepito's part. Good job. That's my boy! Yeah. Almost like he has a knack for knives. He, he, I will say with the crit, he cuts uh, the drow pretty deep. And he is ho- he is bending down, holding that ankle. Alright. It, it is your go. Alright. I'm gonna... You see Sarah just crumple, holding his chest, leaning forward and Bupito may uh, combat with the drow. Okay, I'm going to make sure my dagger is poisoned and throw it at the enemy. Give me an attack roll. Okay. 25? Yeah. Yeah, that hits. Give me damage. (laughs) Alright, so for the piercing damage, it's 5, and then he needs to make a constitution. Sneak attack. Oh yeah, sneak attack. He rolled a 3 on the poison. What happens when he fails? Um, he takes 2d4 poison damage. Ooh. Um, 5 for poison, and then the sneak attack is just a d6, you said? Yes. Alright, 1d6, and then that's 3. So in total, 13. You launch the dagger and it hits him on the shoulder, and as he pulls it out, the blood just seems to keep flowing, and he starts cringing from this intense pain. For bonus action, I am gonna hide. Yep, I, I, mean, I honestly was going to say for your bonus action, just go ahead and give me that stealth roll. Yeah, I'm always going to go back and hide. Um, a non-nat 20. Okay, he curses, and as he looks up to try to find you, you've already come at your way out of there. He just turns to focus on uh, Peter and Sev, and with the unusual level of anger he actually ignores Bupito and takes an attack of opportunity to approach Sarah and uh, Bupito hits him gonna do damage Got now the uh, drow is limping and as he pulls his da- two swords up he takes two swings at uh, Sarah saying 
Loth should have left you. Okay. Both hit. Both are criticals due to him being unconscious and down. You watch him tear into the backside of Sarah and a large pool of blood begins to form. Oh man. He is now limping. He turns back towards Bokito and it is your go. Is Seraph dead? Seraph is dead. So I'm going to take my other dagger, which was... I already threw one dagger, so I'm going to throw with the other dagger that I have. The second of my three daggers. I forgot I actually have three daggers now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and do all that. So. Uh... Roll with advantage. Okay, so that's either a 17 or a non-nat 20. A non-nat 20 hits, give me damage, and then the poison, I need to go for that. He passes the poison. Oh. Um, so that's going to be 6, and then plus sneak is another 6. So 12 damage. He has two daggers in a similar spot on his arm. Uh, at this, this one's closer to his chest now, and you see a lot of blood profusing from it. He is barely standing on his feet. It doesn't look like he has enough strength to even hold his weapons now. It's going to be his turn on the initiative. At this point, he kind of stares at the situation and starts muttering. One last thing. I just wanted to say for bonus action I had. So I'll do that stealth roll. <laughs> <laughs> you have an even better chance to hide after this as he mutters some incantation while sliding his blood across his chest. And erupting from him is this cloud of darkness that surrounds the entire area. Ew. Everyone is currently unable to see in it, and you just hear shuffling as you hear him move away. Both you and Bapil get one attack of opportunity on him, but it's at disadvantage. Yours is a straight roll as you already hit. Bapil's gonna take his swing, both attacks miss. Okay, yeah, just so you know, my cell check was 23, so I think I'm okay. Yeah. So you can, if you want to break yourself, you can use your attack of opportunity on him, but it will be a straight roll as he tries to get away. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna try and kill him. So, <laughs> uh, 24. How do you kill him as he limps away? Um, as this cloud of smoke comes out, I just kind of go into panic mode and just with my third and final dagger, I just leap onto him with the dagger and bury it in his neck. You blindly lunge and you feel something sink and you just hear <gasps> as the darkness fades and he just drops next to Sarah. I, uh, you two are, you are all out of initiative. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and take back all three daggers so I have them all again. And Pepito is over there checking on Sarah like, no, 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 not like this. Damn it, he was, he had knowledge. Damn, damn. We don't, we don't have a good guide as well. We don't have as good of a guide anymore. No. And you just see Bupito is visibly angry, angry from this loss. No. Health kit? He kind of glares at you, blood in his hands. Like, do you see a health kit fixing, fixing this? Uh, I kind of shrink back and say, never seen death. He stops for a moment and I can't, takes a moment to call himself. Well, it's death will be all around us and a bit more as we travel on. He looks at uh, Sarah's body, picks up the store next to him, and pick, holds on to it. Says, we should keep moving in the other room. Perhaps we get lucky and find some kind of health potion or something. I'm going to the hall, and he kind of just walks out. I do want to search this room before I leave. Oh, okay, yeah. Give me an investigation check. Um, 
Investigation. Investigate. 13? 13. Um, we, okay, so where he was previously at, you do find some more items. You find a nice small chest. Um, you find 12 silver pieces, 8 gold pieces. You find one flask with this same dark liquid that uh, Inoki shown you before, which is a drought poison. And you also find a 100 foot uh, coil of silk rope with like a grappling hook next to it. Silk rope with a grappling hook, huh? 100 foot, 100 feet. And you said uh, 12 GP, 8 silver, and, and one vial of drought poison. Alright, I'm gonna put those away. And then, is there, I wanna check his body as well. Sarah's body or the uh, drought? Actually, both of them. <laughs> Especially since that other guy's not looking okay. now. <laughs> so on the Elite Drow Warrior, you find the hand crossbow with uh, 18 bolts next to it, another vial of drow poison, two short swords, chain shirt, that's about it. Oh wait, no, you also find a key on him. Seems like it would unlock the manacles that you once had. Okay, well I don't take the key then. Um... You don't find anything of importance on Seraph, but as you're inspecting him, you see these. You actually take a closer look and notice these fungi that seem to be growing on the side of his neck and face. Hmm. I'm gonna... I was gonna say lick it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna do anything about that. I will uh, step out of the room and... I'll say, I, I'm going to try and connect to the others that were searching the other room telepathically and say. You communicate and you can connect with uh, Ron, not Ron, but wow, Ron. <laughs> you can connect with Darendale, Shusaw, and Elder as they are on the, still working lift and just communicate back to you like, everything alright? Yes, we should go. There's more rooms, but I don't know if there's much worse. And then in your heads, you hear, Peter yells, son of a bitch, and yells, directs the focus towards you. It, come to the main hall. We have guests. All right. Uh, I don't want to, (laughs) but I do. Inside, you see Gupito glaring at Topsy and Turvy, who just have, like, several sacks of food tied tied onto them. Oh, nice. And they both kind of, like, wide-eyed, looking at you all. Escape? You escape? He's currently not. Okay. I say, I'll get others. I guess this means that while they were doing this was going on, I was smashing and feeding someone hallucinogenic mushrooms, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I just I just wanna run as close as I can until I hear that they're in range. Uh as you guys start climbing back up the ladder, you notice that the giant spider has just drained Jim Jaw's body. And you can all you can all climb out and start to hear its voice again. I like say, I'm sorry, Jim Jar. We had more important things. Why'd God. you have, Why'd you have to go for the jewels? I told you something was in the room. And then we just keep moving. I, and you said we hear it. Yeah, I say health kit. Health kit. It. We have a health kit. We have weapons and everyone's items, but we lost somebody. You see, coming from the main hall, Jim Pupito glaring with uh. Uh, awkward and meek, topsy and turvy, looking down with the dozen bags of food. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I thought you were dead. Not dead. We escaped. <laughs> and you came back? 
Ooh. To which Terzi mumbles to himself. <laughs> well, I mean, a deal's a deal, and I hold out a jar, and I'm like, if we escape the, the contents of this jar, and it's like a few, it's like a jar of like those hallucination mushrooms, I'm like, they're yours, and... Terzi remember, remembers his eyes widening to it, and kind of like just toss you a sack of half rotten mushrooms. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And um, I put them away. And I'm like, I can actually use these for later. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, where's everyone else? We have health and weapons to give out so we can move towards the lift. You all reconvene and you are now back at the lift. Everyone has been concealing themselves and they see you all. And it's like, there you, where's Jim Jar? Where's Sarah? Dead. Seraph Jim Jard. What? Jim Jard drained by a giant spider. Right, yeah. Fine, what Les Mouth's way about, I, I, I guess. But Seraph was the guy. What are we going Damn. Also, the, um, this, we don't think it will be an issue, but we, we're, it was, we were able to subdue the queen, and we, I feel like we need to keep keep going, so. Eldiv stopped the conversation and like, Did you fucking kill that cunt? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sexist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but we need to move. We tried, but we didn't. Uh, we couldn't. Uh, but we, we looted stuff. But she's currently having the most potent drug experience of her entire being. She kind of like chuckles and laughs a bit. This is going to be a shame on the trout. I cannot wait to tell the dwarves about this. It should be <laughs> just a lot of it being like, oh my god, you don't know. Bam, 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 She should be incapacitated for for like 20 minutes. They are very potent. And then Bupito kind of point, nudges like, I don't want her to sound rude, but he want, he points at in a crab on who's still unconscious, and then his bleeding arm. I I, I say, Savara, how much healing potions were we able to find? Uh, I think three vials of it, right? Uh, two potions of healing. I might cure his wounds, actually. Okay. Uh, go ahead and do the healing. Alright, so I cast Cure Wounds. Well, Wait, Jack, what? you got healed. Uh, he he 10 can't points. hear you. He lost, maybe he, got, he lost connection? Yeah, he probably did. It's a good stopping point. We're oh I'm sorry I'm sorry we all get uh if y'all want to get back into it we can I mean we can totally up to you alright you guys are getting to a good point I didn't want to stop it nah let's keep going we can keep going yeah alright uh everyone gathers uh let's, let's turn the page turn the page everyone gathers back at the lift uh Croft is currently recovered we're going to say uh, NPC mode at the moment. Uh, and you have handed out the supplies. Everyone now has their access to their armors, weapons, and skills. Yay! Nice. Um, it now have your gourd. It Yay! will automatically refill itself with just enough water to do what it needs to do. Yeah! Okay. Eldiv starts uh, looking at the lift and from the instructions you gave her, figured out how to operate it. And within the time it took for you guys to start equipping, she has pulled it up by herself and it's just currently holding on at the moment. Like, we can present the first four down to check out the below area below, but we need to uh, be quick about it. This is kind of tough. And then Shushar just holds her shoulder and grabs the top part of it, and you can kind of see her relax a bit. Uh, okay, I think we should just keep moving. Whatever, where, wherever leads to escape, 
this point, you see one more drow crawl up, come out of the room. He's like, stop! I can't let you- Ah! And you see a chasmate swoop down and take him. And just keep going as y'all just kind of silently watch that yeah. happen. Case in point, we don't have much time. <laughs> Is there any sign that the uh, attacking creatures are interested in us? Or are they only interested in the drow? Uh, it doesn't seem like they're directly focused on you, but because the drow putting so much attention on attacking them and whatnot, they are just, see they have their hands full. Okay. So, uh, I say lift. Get on the lift. Okay. So I need to know the first four people who are going onto the lift. Okay, I think it should be, um, probably the injured, just in case we need to fight as they go up. No, we're going down. Oh, down, right. There's going to be more fights down, so the strongest people should go down first. Fair enough. Yeah. And well, some of the I strongest at... are currently holding this. <laughs> right, right, okay. Okay, um, I go in the lift. <laughs> I follow. I guess, uh... Eldest should go. Yeah. What, what are you, do you, um, little I'm one, right you here. should go. It, come on, get on the lift. I, uh... Oh yeah, Eldith is injured. Did anyone give her a health potion? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she got he healed. Oh no, Eldith was fine on health. Dandil took a hit, uh, Pepito took a hit, uh, but Pepito recovered if you guys gave him one of the potions. Yeah, mm -hmm. we had three, there was three people that needed help, so. So we're out of potions then, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if Eldith is fine, she should go down. She looks at one of you all and says, I someone can take this then and she starts like moving the rope around and as she does Inoki you start swaying around inside the lift mm -hmm. I do what? you start swaying in the lift as she's moving the rope like hand, like looking to hand it off to someone You guys, since you guys want her to go inside it here why don't, why don't you give it to Krav? yeah Krav Krav takes it and he just stands idly holding on both him and Shusar keep it pretty stable as she jumps in so it's Inoki, uh, Eldith, who else is in there? Zuvara. Zuvara. It wants to stay behind. And I guess Stu can come in here if you like. Okay. So it's the first four. You guys are led down. As you're being led down, it's taking some time within this four seconds. In the tower above here, you see a guard notice, and he doesn't seem to have a weapon. But he just starts blowing his horn in a different tone towards the alarm, as if to try to get someone over here. Okay. So this is happening on the top floor, where the yeah. injured are? Okay. Right now, all he can really seem to do is watch. Right. Okay. And within, if the lift hits the bottom of the ground, and you guys can unload it, and then Krav and Shushar just pull it back up. Okay. okay. Next floor. How many of us are left upstairs? Uh, Shushar, Darendil, Bupito, and you. Oh wait, Topsy and Turvy are here as well. Mm -hmm. But they okay. make up one person, really. It wants to stay behind and let everybody else take the elevator down. As, uh, Darendil, Bupito jump in, they look at Topsy and Turvy and they look at you, and both of a motion for one of you two to jump in. They, Topsy and Turvy don't hesitate to charge in as you kind of just, like, lean back and let them go through. So, yeah, it feels confident that it could, if push comes to shove, it could just jump into the water below. <laughs> it has the whistle to protect it from spiders, and it it feels confident that it escaped the ooze last time, so it feels safe 
Like, it has a good backup escape route, essentially. Okay. Okay. So at this point, the guard is just, like, yelling out to someone, like, Anyone, please! And he starts to keep himself low as the demons are flying around. And he just curses, and you see him disappear. And he begin and Shushar and then the uh, crowd begin lowering the lift. About halfway down, you see him kind of like <sighs> holding up one sword, kind of exhausted as he like looks at you, Shushar, and Krav and says, "Not another move. Stop what you're doing. Return to the pins." And at that point, Krav succeeds successfully, lowers the lift, and it's just you. So who's upstairs still? You, Shushar, and Krav. Okay. Um. I pull out the crossbow, uh, and I say, it's dangerous to stay here. You should leave. He kind of looks at you wide eye like, how, how dare you, little one, give me intimidation check. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if a little two-foot tall me can be scary. Negative one. I've had crazy things happen today. Fifteen minus one. Fourteen. I'm going to give him an insight check. His face blanches with fear and he just drops his sword and runs away <laughs> and you look and you feel a bit proud of yourself as if you scared him and then you notice immediately flying past you is a demon that seems to try to chase him down the stairs to which you just hear screaming echoing you Krav and Shushar also awkwardly quiet and Shushar just kind of pushes you into the basket okay are we just gonna let go and let it fall down he looks at you and tells you as soon as I bring you down, let the other have the others pull the other rope, and he starts carrying, bringing it down. Wait, so he's not getting in? He's not getting in. No, then I don't get in. I I don't go. I I stay out of the lift too. You hop out, and Krav is awkwardly staying with arms reached, like okay, and he just heads down. You guys meet at the lift and see that it's just Krav who mentions to you all that the others are just waiting for the lift to come back up. At this point, it does, and Shushar looks at you and is like, little one, go. He kind of smiles towards that and walks into the lift, and he just waits for you. Okay, I walk in with him. Alright. Whoever wants to take over below, unless you want the NPCs to do it, give me a strength check, and you guys can try to operate the lift from below. Yeah, I got it. I'll try it. Elder puts a hand on the rope with you and is like, I got you, and you can roll with advantage. Nice. Hold on one sec. Uh, 18 plus what? Strength? Alright, um, 17. <laughs> um, as it goes down halfway through, you kind of feel it like you feel like you're getting weak and unable to hold it, and then it kind of like you lose grip on it, and the sudden rush causes Elder to lunge forward with it to fall, and it is now currently falling halfway down. Shushar and it, I'm gonna need deck saves. I'm gonna roll Shushar. Okay. 18? 18 is exactly what you needed. As it collides, you kind of like use that instant moment to tuck and roll with the force and manage to uh, avoid taking any damage. Shushar does something similar, but it seems like he skids on the end of it, taking a little bit of damage. But with this, you are all at the bottom of the uh, floor and you can choose at this point you are now at the base uh to go north south or west above you see a couple of crossbows being fired as one as you see jorlin and asha above yelling at you all do not let them escape get the men on the lift get them down however um which direction are they facing or 
you see them making these shouts and claims for the tower above you and try to make their way. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it wants to take the dagger and just cut through the rope so it's just worthless. Or pull down the rope so it's worthless or something. Give me an attack roll. A dagger attack. Okay. 22? <laughs> you watch as it, like, snaps him. The rope flies up on the rated near any half, and the rest of the lift just collapses. To which, above, you see Asha grimace and start ordering for crossbows to be gathered. And you guys have an effective lead on them. Which way do you want to go? Um, can I do a perception check that would give me some sort of a clue, like maybe dampness or like light or something that'll tell us which way is faster? Um, give me survival check. Okay, yeah. I will do that. Yeah, that's not gonna help. That's a six plus survival, three, nine. That's barely anything. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to notice anything. Like as you're turning around, searching for loca- a proper location, you realize like I don't know this place. I don't know where I'm going, and there's a huge demon in front of me trying to like make it difficult. And as you have that moment of realization, you see this rock who's been lit shot, like covered in arrows, slam in front of you all, limp upwards in front of your path, and makes a deafening screech. I need you all to roll initiative. What kind of creature is it again? A large ringed creep demon-like creature, uh, known as a frog. Cool. It's got a bunch of arrows in it, huh? <laughs> now I get an 18, <laughs> uh, and I'm not 20 for the initiative. Okay, one second. Starting from the top, Arun. Okay, I will pull out my, let's see, crossbow again, loaded with a bolt, and try to shoot at it. Give me an attack roll. That is an unnatural 20 to hit. That hit. Give me damage. Okay, that is 1d6 plus 2. I'm not sneaking, so... Well, is he being flanked or anything? No, right? Uh, no, not at the moment. Okay, just straight 3 points of damage. 3 points as another piece of arrow, like lodges in him you hear him like scream in pain and you notice you take closer look that he has been horribly wounded already okay okay um i'm gonna take my bonus action to hide and also telepathically tell inoki that he's been wounded you can take him next up is it um, i am going to go ahead and shoot a poisoned crossbow bolt at him Huzzah! Oh, did he do constant save for my arrow? Thank you for reminding me. Thank you, Maya, for reminding me. Fucking twos! Yeah. Oh, no, oh, okay, he's a mean spoiler, never mind. I'm sorry. He, like, as you see, you arrow hit him. It does damage, but that seems to be it. Okay, okay, sweet. Then the entire... That sucks. That's, like, the only... <laughs> the only uh, trick of my sleep. Okay, well, still, I'm gonna shoot him. I'm gonna shoot that boy. It was a 22 hit. Give me damage. Five. Um, and then I'm gonna hide. Alright, so my move. Inoki. Well, I get my I, focus. I hit with a 12, by the way. Sorry, Jakes, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. I grab my spellcasting focus and unleash Vicious Mockery. You see Inoki throw this jar and then it begins to glow. What is the mockery you, uh, what do you, how do you mock it that everyone can now hear? I say to everybody that 
your pathetic excuse for a demon, you're gonna die shamed and humiliated by your own kind. So with magical resistance, he rolled a six for his saving throw and failed. Nice. Okay. He does. He gets three damage plus. Oh, okay. Then yeah, three. The rock feels humiliated by what just happened and kind of just like wings wide to attack. And at disadvantage, he's going to aim for you, Inoki. First attack. Fail. Oh wait. Um, with your armor now, does a fourteen hit? Um. Yeah, just it just meets. Ah, okay. Second attack disadvantage. Does no? Okay, does a ten hit? No. All right. So you just get you just you dodge him trying to claw you, but with that dodge, you see you're in range for his beak attack, and he pierces you for ten points of damage. God. And now it's Zavar's turn. Nasty demon. Okay, I will. From where I am, try to attack him with my crossbow again. Oh wait, add advantage because you're hiding. Okay, yeah. Oh my god, that's a 13 to hit. 13 does not hit, it kind of just goes over his head. Too many arrows already in there. <laughs> Couldn't find a spot. Couldn't find a spot. Go back to hiding. Oh, roll me yourself, roll a rune. Oh yeah, sorry. My bad. That's a 17 plus... Change for 21. Oh man, you rogues are gonna be so broken in this sesh campaign. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did you go, George? Which way did he go? <laughs> um, so, I... Yeah, I think it's better to stick with the crossbow still. So, I'm gonna hit him with the crossbow again. Okay. So it's either a knight... Yeah, it's a 19. Um... Give me damage and sneak attack. Okay, so eleven for damage and yeah. Eleven. Eleven. How do you kill it? Oh. Okay. Well, just you know, it's actually twelve because of my sneak. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just, I guess I shoot him right between the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. At this point, several arrows hit aim from above, just showering the area next to you, not necessarily hitting or blocking down your armor. As you see limping, hold, held on by Shore, uh, Evar, with a face none of you have noticed before. Her eyes are glazed, she is sweating profusely and hair matted. Part of her mouth seems to be limping at, like, just limp, all, like, disabled on the side, and she yells out, No! I'ma find you! I'ma find you all! Attack! And she has him try to shoot out more arrows. At this point, you see Popsy and Toby just disappear. And you, you all as a group kind of just begin to scatter. Which way is everyone going? Um, I grab stool and, like, I go where I see the most people headed. Okay. So. All right. I will leave it to one of you guys then to pick a direction. North, south, or east. Ah. You all will remember that uh, the main goal previously was to get to Neverlight Grove which would have been towards the west, which means over in this direction. Yeah, I guess we should go west then. Seems like a good idea. As you all dodge arrows and make your way through, you just hear in the back a loud guttural cry from Ivar, and it begins to echo out and fade away as you head deeper into the tunnel. Where will we find- where will our adventure go next? Who knows? Yeah. But you all have effectively escaped Valkenheim, uh, Valkenfell prison. 
You are all now level three. Hell yeah! And we are done for today in chapter one of How to Be Abyss. Yay! Oh my goodness, that wow, that's a lot of time spent. You guys did so damn well. Holy crap! Yeah, we got some really good rolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were a little lucky today. This whole story could have changed if y'all killed her. Wow! Y'all could have killed her. <laughs> yeah, the only time they didn't get good rolls, and then they had morals. The losers. I I wanted to kill her. <laughs> I did it. I was focused on the mission. We're going to epilogue and say during this time you guys travel for a couple of hours until it gets late into the night and think you have effectively made enough distance for at least a rest, you can go ahead and take a long rest. In the distance at the cavern floor where there's the body of a rook, of dead rock, you see a limping Evar crawl towards it, her hand halfway covered in this nasty gangrene color as she inspects the tracks and talks to the other drow next to her. I will find them, and I will sell them to the city of spiders. And, and all of that, that's where we'll leave off talking. Can I ask it? Yeah. So like the moment you hit, the moment you hit like the cavern floor, you have freedom. So if I had successfully made my way to the very top of the waterfall, would I have made it to- I would have had to make a whole nother campaign for like, I was going to play 1v1 with you while I played with them. Oh, that would have been so fun. Uh, but it's also fun to be with everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, insane roles and even insane actions done. Like, I, I thought y'all was going to save Jim Char. I was, I was thinking about it, but, like, I'm kind of squishy, man. <laughs> 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 Just that one attack that, like just happened it's already halfway dead like i'm already halfway dead oh man yeah if only you found the uh spider whistle in time to save him yeah that would have been the way to do it oh yeah don't forget the items you have on here zvar uh you also still have nay he's still holding on with you yay <laughs> i asked him if he's excited to go it out crawls a little on your neck and does his like scratch with his little legs like okay. <laughs> Oh, I have some work. I'm glad I already have like half of this already prepped. I just need to know the path y'all will take. This will be insane. Yeah. Thank you guys for today. Yeah, Boy, man, it was great. Ah, it was fun. Yeah, so good. Session. That's so much fun. So long, farewell, Avida saying adieu, adieu, adieu to all the drow prison and on to part two, part two. <laughs> good job, good job. Yes, likewise, likewise. Pat on the back. Well done to all of our players making it out of the prison. Numerous times you can hear me panic with the choices that you make, and so much was going on with the group splitting up. Combat scenes for everyone, and a personal loss of an NPC on both sides. Today, well, not today, but this episode had a lot to offer. I kind of, I completely forgot that we left Jim Jar to die. Yeah. <laughs> so when we, so when we went inside the chamber, you did a really good job of like describing that unknown threat, and I was like, oh, you know what? Let's just ignore it. Stick to the plan. We have a mission. But no, Jim Jar just had to get the jewels that were in the statue. 
He just had to trigger the giant spider encounter. <laughs> <sighs> Rest in peace, Seth and Jim John. I honestly expected players to throw themselves in harm's way to save him. Not so much Jim Jar, at least. Like I think I played him a bit too uh, well and just had him be a bit too greedy. Can I, can I just say, man, I felt really bad about drugging Ivara. Like I know it, we, it was all fictional and she was supposed to be this evil slave trader and she tried to kill us and was enjoying our misery and was poking fun at our like you know imprisonment. But like, I really thought she was gonna die, and I wanted to make her death kind of painless. What? I just wanted her to have a good, like, painless way off this mortal coil, so to speak. But now, I don't think you achieved that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think this is gonna make a very awkward future encounter if we ever <laughs> end up encountering her again. Oh no, no, no! Don't you worry. You guys will have the most awkward encounter with her in the future. <laughs> Pretty good evil laugh. <laughs> so if you all enjoyed my evil laugh and the dialogue that was here in the outro and everything that we've been doing for the past couple months with this uh, podcast, thank you so much for listening. Support us directly on our Patreon at nextontheinitiative.com. If you want to hear a shout out at the start of the episode or see funny DD memes on our channel um or check out any additional content you can use the link in the description so jakes you know the bit it is your turn to name a three dollar item oh dude i got just the thing you got just the thing it's gonna be some beans them gar beans <laughs> them, gar <laughs> them garbanzos man i'm talking those chickpeas in a can you know like three of those bad boys in a can like i love garbanzo beans man they're just so useful like i i make like tacos with them i make like hummus all kinds of things with chickpeas that they're incredibly useful and like i think they're a staple yeah man gotta get the beans you know them good old beans that can be used for everything oh yeah doggone beans can be boiled mash stuck in this too but instead we smash them lagoon boys into three big cans <laughs> <laughs> I got it. So I gotta say, I, I I'm not sure what accent you were trying to go for, man. But I really liked it. It was like auctioneer, but also like cowboy who loves beans. I don't know the accent either. I just thought. Look, I mean, if you love chickpeas as much as I do, man, I I can I can get with that, you know. I'm a lentil kind of man. You know, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. I see. This is where the podcast ends, people. The divide. This is this is where it starts. They're gonna think they're gonna, you're gonna look back and be like, oh yeah, I really like that podcast, but ever since one of them brought up beans versus lentils, it just <laughs> it's all downhill from there. Some say this bean was the seed of doubt that planted in the big beginning. <laughs> so for the price for the price of three cans of chickpeas, you know them good old beans, you can keep this podcast going. So yes, and yeah, keep the please support our foolishness on Patreon and help us buy beans. It support us; they are keep us regular. Yeah, keeps uh, our podcast is powered by beans, man. <laughs> we are very eco friendly. 
we don't even use data. We use beans. <laughs> we crush the beans up into ones and zeros. All right, all right. So you can follow us on social media using the links in the description. We have our official accounts linked below. And consider giving us a good ratings on the platforms you use to listen to this podcast. We always really appreciate any feedback or any support. You know, every little ki- every little bit counts. Some of the sound effects used in this episode were made by Jake's our showrunner. The sources for the Oh yeah, I gotcha. Didn't think I was coming in during the, the... Oh my god, he got me. Yeah, so you know, some in this episode I made some of the like Yeah. Yeah, I also recorded some ukulele for like a few of the strumming. Yeah. So, before I rudely interrupted, would you like to finish the the disclaimer? Yes, it's the thing we do all the time, but I like that we do it fresh every time. Some of the sound effects used in this episode were made by our showrunner Jakes. The sources for the music and additional sound effects can be found in the description and were used under Creative Commons licensing. This podcast is unfil- oh wow, we do it every time and I still mess it up. <laughs> this podcast is unofficial fan content of the D&D 5e module. Out of the abyss. We are not sponsored or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast. Any role playing we do as characters, depiction of locations, or other content in this module is fan content of this podcast of the source material. So please support the official content and support the official content. Special thanks to Maya Ross playing It the Grung, Jack Phillips playing Krav the Warforge, Arun Badawaj playing Suvara the Half Elf, and David George playing Ugesh the Fighter. Oh, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Mm. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you for supporting our podcast. And also... <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Elijah, for being a good DM, man. And a good co-host. <laughs> thank you, Jake Sanendez, for being Enoki the Mike in it. All right. Well, Elijah, do you have an outgoing message for anybody listening? No funny quotes, no jokes, just love each other, take care of each other. And once again, thank you so much for enjoying part one of Out of the Abyss with Next on the Initiative. Get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah, well, it, we are, I'm already working on the next episode, so it'll, it won't be too long. Yep, and I'm still procrastinating on the next part of the campaign. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, everyone be good. Be safe out there. Till next time, people.